I am Christy Ballard Fellaini. I am a certified life coach who found herself at 42, freshly divorced, kids off to college, and having never dated in my adult life. I was starting in the middle. If you haven't yet hit start on your middle time in life, let's do it together. Let the journey begin. You are listening to Start in the Middle, episode 34. Hey there, y'all. Hey, so I don't know if you recognize this or if you notice this, but last week I had the wrong microphone on. So it sounded like I was talking while I was in a tunnel. But you know what? That episode had me on fire. So I thought, no, no, I am not even going to nitpick this. I am not going to allow my perfectionism to alter the fact that this was a good recording. And so I gave it to you just like that. And you may have been able to tell. And you know what? That's okay. Because guess what? B minus work gets the job done. And why not offer it up to you with the best feeling in how I felt about how the actual message came across versus being worried about how one little podcast sounded. So there you go. And you can do that too. Hey, in case you don't know, I'm Christy Fellaini and I am a coach for midlife women who want to be happier in their lives, who have been through some stuff, right? And oftentimes this stuff is completely out of our control. Like say, for instance, our wonderful children go off and do the adult thing that we had hoped that they would do as we were raising them. Or perhaps our relationship didn't pan out the way that we thought that it would. And maybe we are going through a divorce or maybe it's just that we are not sure anymore what our purpose is. And I am the exact coach for you. I have been through all of those things. And guess what? I am doing the hard things. I am doing the things that push my brain past my comfort zone. I am being brave and I am putting myself out into the world for everybody to see because I have a dream and because I have a desire and I have a desire to help women who are just like me who have thoughts of, man, I sure do wish I could be skinnier, or man, why do I keep having these hot flashes? Or man, my relationship isn't going exactly as I wanted it to, but how am I contributing to that? right? And so all of these things are things that I want to help you with because these are the same exact scenarios that I have found myself in. So let's dive into our topic today. Today, I want to talk to you about criticism. And I'm not talking about criticism for 
others. I am talking about the type of criticism that comes to us. And as women, we tend to kind of take it to heart, right? Of course, our brains are wired completely differently than men's are. And oftentimes we internalize that criticism, And so that's the type of criticism that I want to talk to you about today. But I have three different examples that I want to share with you, okay? And so the first thing that I do want to tell you is that I have been reading this excellent book called Playing Big by Tara Moore. And I hope that I'm pronouncing her last name right. It's spelled M-O-H-R. So I'm assuming that it is more. But this is such an awesome book for women who want more out of life and women who have been taught that, you know, good girls always follow the rules and good girls always do what good girls are expected to do. And we color inside the lines, right? And because we follow those rules, we may not always reach our goals, our dreams, and our desires because we are not playing big, because we are playing small. And so the chapter that I am just now finishing, it is all about unhooking from our desire to find our worthiness in the praise that others give us or allowing ourselves to release from other people's criticism, okay? So our desire to find our worthiness and the praise that people give us. So that means that when we do good things, we're hoping for praise, or that we internalize the criticism that we receive from others. So the biggest piece that I want to reflect on today is criticism. And I want to offer you a couple of things about criticism, okay? So the first one is that oftentimes when people criticize you or offer up their opinion of you or the things that you are doing, often that criticism comes from somewhere that they actually feel that they are falling short. So it almost is like a mirror effect in that if I point out in you, it lessens the sting of how I feel about me. So let me say that in a different way. If I point out what's wrong with you, it lessens in my brain what is actually going on with me. Does that make sense? And so oftentimes when people are openly criticizing us, it's not so much about us. It's more about them or where they think that they are falling short or their own thoughts and beliefs about themselves. So as I was reflecting on this, it kind of brought to mind back in my early 20s when I was um, working in retail, I um, actually got plucked 
or I should say handpicked by one of the managers um, who I had worked before in a prior position at a different retail spot. And she asked me to come and work with her and I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it was such a great opportunity. It was a great job for, you know, an early 20 something um, coming up in the world. And um, the cool thing about it is that I managed to move my way up within the store. And so um, they had actually promoted me a couple of times. When it came to my time to end being there and I was ready to move on to a different type of customer service, um, when I met with one of the other managers, the actual store manager, um, and I sat down with her to have a conversation about, you know, why I was leaving, that I was interested in this new position, and it was going to, you know, be um, a different level for me. Um, and I remember having the conversation with her, and some of the criticism came out. And I remember just feeling horrible. And I remember, you know, feeling really, really bad about myself when I left that meeting. Because in fact, she had shared with me that it probably wasn't the best decision for me to go into this new line of customer service because I wasn't very friendly anyway. And I probably wouldn't succeed. And then she continued to share with me that none of my coworkers actually liked me. Wow. And I tell you what, I remember feeling so dumbfounded by this because I had no idea. Like you would think that if your coworkers don't like you, you would think that you would have some sort of sign, right? There would be some sort of indication, maybe some animosity, maybe some friction, but you know what? There wasn't. And so as I was reflecting on this much later in life, and I am looking at it from a different perspective with quite a bit more knowledge, I'm now recognizing that that conversation and that criticism really did not have anything to do with me. And so that actually brings up the next thing about criticism that I want to share with you. And in case you did not know this, you get to decide whether or not you want to believe that criticism and what that person is saying. You get to decide whether or not you want to believe that to be true. So I don't know what that manager was going through at that time. I didn't know her on a personal level. And so I am choosing to believe that that criticism really had more to do with her for whatever reason than it did with me. Okay. However, I have as a parent received a different type of criticism. And this criticism actually came from my son. And this came as he was, you know, in that stage of becoming a young adult, getting out on his own. And he just felt led to have a heart-to-heart conversation with me where he shared that he felt that during his upbringing that I had been very controlling. 
that I had been a controlling parent. And so again, I get to step back and I get to observe the things that he's saying to me and I get to decide whether or not I actually believe them to be true. And so I did take a very long, hard look at some of the examples that he had given me, and I decided that he was actually right, that yes, he was right. And the thing about it, though, is that I am able to recognize this now, but at that particular time... I didn't recognize it. And the more examining that I have done within myself and the more work that I have done with myself, I now understand where that controllingness, that controlling behavior actually came from. The thing about it is that he doesn't quite understand it. And, you know, that's okay because I understand it and I have the opportunity to decide what it is that I want to do with it. I could actually have a conversation with him and just be, you know, forthcoming and say, you know, yeah, I I agree with you. I do agree with you. And at the same time, I have the opportunity to explain myself and explain where I believe that controllingness come from. You see, because as a kid, as a young person, I didn't have a whole lot of control over things. I didn't have a whole lot of control over my personal situation with my own parents in that I felt a little bit out of control in the fact that I am the fourth of five girls. And out of us five, there were three that were quite a bit more demanding than the other two. There were three who got quite a lot of attention because they were more demanding. You see, I was one of the kids who was succeeding and who was on, you know, quote unquote, the right track. And therefore I did get more ignored. And that's more than likely where part of my controlling aspects as a parent comes from. Because I wanted my kids to know that someone cared about them. I wanted my kids to know that they were succeeding or that we had high expectations for them. I wanted my kids to feel my presence and to know how much I was rooting for them and how much I truly loved them because that was something that I felt that I was missing from my childhood. And so I do now, as an adult, have that opportunity to reflect on that and to decide how I want to present that in my future self as being his adult parent, or I can just show him the person that I am today. I can show him how I want to be seen as his mom when he is an adult today. All right, so my first point was that 
sometimes when people are offering us criticism, it actually is kind of a mirror effect of the thoughts and the beliefs that they are having about themselves. And so it kind of takes off some of the pressure, some of the sting that they are feeling if they are able to point out those things in someone else. The second point that I brought up to you about criticism is that you have the opportunity to decide whether or not you believe that person opinion is true. Okay. And so guys, criticism doesn't always have to be bad. Sometimes criticism can actually be helpful and it can actually push us forward, push us beyond our comfort zone if we are willing to take those ideas, those thoughts, those opinions, and if we decide that perhaps we do want to believe that to be true, such as in the matter with my son in where I learned now how I want to show up as his adult parent. Okay, and so this next type of criticism is the criticism that we have for ourselves when we tend to criticize ourselves. You guys, it becomes very painful. It becomes painful if we are constantly in criticism of ourselves. And so what happens is that we have already decided that those things are true. We have already decided that those are possibly the things that we don't like about ourselves. And so it takes some time and it takes some work to unbelieve that. It takes some thought work, some processing to figure out how you can change those beliefs about yourself, okay? And so one suggestion that I do want to make, and I'm sorry if you're able to hear that background noise because apparently it's spring and somebody needs to mow the lawn, but what I want to offer to you is if you find that you are someone who tends to criticize yourself, please don't open the door for other people's criticism. And so what I mean by this is that there are times that we actually speak that criticism out loud. There are times when our inner mean girl finds her voice and she actually says it out loud. And sometimes when we do this, we don't expect the person that we're talking to to agree with us. Now, I have a funny story for you. When my husband and I had first got engaged, we decided that we wanted to do engagement photos. And that was going to be our engagement announcement. And I picked out two of the cutest outfits that I had. And when we got our pictures back, and ladies, you know, we all do this. 
We scan them over. We look for the wonderful parts, but the parts that we don't like as much is what actually pops up, right? And so I noticed that in one of my poses, my dress looked kind of off. And so I had made the mistake of speaking out loud to my mother-in-law, no harm, no foul, that I thought that I looked like I was pregnant. Okay, now probably somewhere in the back of my brain, not probably, somewhere in the back of my brain, I was hoping, I was expecting for her to say, oh no, no, you don't look pregnant. You look fabulous, girl. You look wonderful. But what she actually did say was, yeah, I've been getting questions. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. That's hysterical because ladies, that's what we do, right? We speak our criticism out loud in hopes that that person will not affirm what we are saying. And then if they actually do affirm what we are saying, it only makes us feel worse. So first, let's do the thought work that we need to change that criticism because you are perfectly made. You are exactly where you are supposed to be right now. This is exactly where you are designed to be. So love it, own it, embrace it. And you are going to have to do the thought work to change that criticism. And when that ugly, mean girl actually has a voice and she pops up into your brain, you don't have to say it out loud. Because when you say it out loud, you are affirming that you believe it to be true. And anything criticizing yourself is not what was designed for you. This is exactly the work that I do within my coaching program. I teach midlife women how to change their thoughts, how to realize that their purpose is to exist on this earth exactly as they are today. I teach them how to change their thoughts around their circumstances, how to love their life at this point in midlife, how to grab the adventures and the desires that they want for themselves rather than allowing fear to hold them back and allowing fear to keep them stuck. I can help you with this as well. So I ask you if any part of this resonated with you, I keep some time on my calendar every week, some open space for people who have questions, people who want to know more about my coaching program, want to know more about how I can help them. And so I encourage you to reach out to me on my website, christyballardfellaini.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I. 
B-A-L-L-A-R-D, F as in Frank, A-L-A-N-Y dot com. Grab some time on my schedule. I would love to connect with you on this topic. Also, reach out to me on my social media, either through Instagram or Facebook. And I also encourage you that if you know someone who could benefit from this message, please share it on. Please share it with anyone who you think could benefit from this message. You guys, I hope you have a great week and I thank you for tuning in with me. If you get an opportunity, please drop a like on this page. Let's get this message out to as many women as we can and let's see how we can help anyone who is stuck with criticism. Thank you for listening to Start in the Middle with me, Christy Ballard Fellaini. My hope is to empower every midlife woman to live an audacious life that they deserve. Have a great week. Who is your life coach? I would love the opportunity to work with you as you are rediscovering the woman you were meant to be. Visit ChristyBallardFellaini.com for more information on how we can work together to ignite that passionate, enthusiastic woman who may have been tucked away for some time. Let's start in the middle together.